0: You're listening to the County Life Podcast with Chris Ridgway and Martin Johnston. Start the podcast as ever with Chris's weekly interview with County Manager Jim Gannon.
1: Well, Jim, we've braved the elements. We're back here on a Thursday evening again. No game this weekend to talk about, so the conversation is very much on Brackley. Uh, first of all, how disappointed are you disappointed uh, that the game's not on, on Saturday?
2: Um, I, I think we can all just have a look at the weather outside, and I'm sure everybody's life's been disrupted, whether at work or school. And uh, so it's, um, you know, the sensible things being done, you know, if the game's been called off um, days in advance uh, because of the conditions are too difficult um, and dangerous, not just for the players, but also for the spectators to go. So, sensible decision, and I'm sure that's going to be unfold over the next forty eight hours to be right across the country in terms of matches.
1: Just giving us just give us an idea of what it's like to be a football manager in these conditions when you, you you're trying to prepare for games and your preparation is disrupted because you can't train or your game's been called off how, how does it affect your planning for for the future games coming up?
2: Um I think we've 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 been quite fortunate because we''re, we're quite resourceful here. Um I think on Tuesday, for example, we were expecting to travel to Brackley. Uh, the news came through that it's likely the game would be off, um, so we provisionally arranged to go to the soccer dome and have an hour and a half in there uh, between four and a half five, and the basis being that the lads would all be already traveling, so that turned out to be uh, a you know um, a great workout for the lads, an hour and a half indoors and really intense football, and then we took a Fernando 's afterwards, so it, you know it took the sting out of not playing a game. And then, um, obviously, given the conditions and the forecast, we we did something similar tonight. Um, And we've already looked at training facilities uh, for Saturday, potentially Sunday, and then we've obviously got back to the Monday morning training session. So uh, I think we've been probably better equipped uh, than most clubs in terms of uh, being able to actually um, continue to get the players to play regularly and train regularly, probably at a higher level than, than most clubs will do normally.
1: Is fitness going to be key on the agenda in the closing months of the season? Because it looks like we've got an awful lot of games to back up, especially if there's more in the FA Trophy to come. It's going to be a lot of Saturday, Tuesdays, maybe even more uh, in between that. Is fitness going to be the key area for you in training?
2: Um, I think um, there's a lot of studies done that you actually lose fitness when you play two games a week. I know that's going to come up as a strange thing to fans, but... um, the nature of that means that the intensity of what you do in training drops down, and that's where we kind of have to measure that some players will be overworked and some underworked. Uh, I think fitness is going to be a key thing in terms of keeping players fit and strong, not free injury free from game to game. But what's what's going to be key really is the strength of the squad. And in that regard, uh, you know, when I look at the numbers on the board, it's um, we're looking pretty strong. Um, you know, if we were to put on a game this Saturday between ourselves, we could field probably two very strong 11s. So uh, in terms of numbers, the, the return of Sam Minahan, um, the return of Reese Turner, uh, all add to the strength of the squad and give us um, a real depth that, um, that that I think we're going to really need now because March in itself is a is a massive month, just full from from the start right to the end of games and all really big games as well.
1: Speak to about certain players in a moment, Sam and Rhys, uh, being them. But first off, it's Brackley. We've got league and FA Trophy business to handle with them. Do you do you look at both of those games? Whether aside, do you look at both of those games as equal, or, or how how do you differentiate between the FA Trophy and the league? Or is it just a case of strongest eleven out both times?
2: Yeah, I think we just. Um, I don't think we can be too clever in terms of squad rotation and uh, or prioritising one competition over the other. I think both are hugely important. Um, I think the only difference between the two games is perhaps um, just creating the right mentality. We're obviously going to their place on a Tuesday night with the potential for extra time and penalties. That needs a lot of preparation uh, and that's something that we'll be doing on Saturday and Monday morning. Um, and then the you know, the home game is going to be slightly different because by that stage we'll we'll have played them twice. We'll, we'll be looking to try and do something different or perhaps try and find an edge or maybe freshen up if we need to depending on what toll uh, you know, Tuesday night's game and getting back in the early hours of Wednesday takes on mm-hmm. some of our players. But no, I think the, the secret of this stage of the season is just taking one game at a time and being as well-equipped and as strong and purposeful as we can from each game. And um, It's a massive game for us because we want to make sure that the excitement of the FA Trophy continues, regardless of the knock-on effect in, in relation to the league. I think the knock-on effect is already there. But if we can get through this round and get into the semi-finals, it's a huge step for us as a club and also uh, potentially releases the funds to bring in the two or three players that will ensure that the league form stays strong as well. So um, potentially exciting times ahead.
1: You mentioned a moment ago the the fact that we've got a lot of strong players now. There's, there's squad depth, if you like. Does that give you a little bit of an edge? Do you think in that Brackley maybe can't figure too much out? If you're able to change shape and change personnel, it it, it stops us becoming samey, if you like, and the, maybe re- repeating mistakes wouldn't happen because you can change so fluidly.
2: Well, I, I think the, the the beauty of the, the current team um, uh, epitomised maybe by our fullbacks and our wingers, um, in that we've been able to shift one side to be more aggressive and the other to be more defensive and not normally epitomised by Darren playing a little bit higher, and more aggressive, Scott playing a little bit more high and more aggressive as a wing-back on that side and then the likes of Dan Cowan narrowing up um, and and Adam Thomas playing as a wing-back on the other side and that's then given us a lot of strength going forward on the left which was probably shown most notably in the um, the Maidenhead game uh, where we got three, three goals from that side of the pitch Um you know, like I said, um second half against Brackley, we sort of flattened out. I asked for a little bit more from Adam further up the pitch. We asked for more from Dan Cowan to, to when the opportunity arose to get forward and all to be good. We got goals from that side of the pitch in the second half. So, um I, I think, you know, like there's a flexibility within a current group, which is what I like to have is a team that can play a number of different systems and all it really needs to play is players just to to move fifteen or twenty yards or to to understand that we're chasing a game and play 15 metres higher or if we're winning a game just to play five yards tucked in more. Um, and the players are starting to to buy into that. I think the change of shape has dramatically helped in the last four or five games in terms of us um, got get coming off the back of the Southport, the Harrogate game and tightening up to get two clean sheets that got us two valuable wins in the league against York and FC. Also gave us a platform to go and win the game um, in the last round of the FA Trophy um, disappointing um, we weren't able to take some from Nuneaton and, but I think we're in the team's got a certain strength and um, adaptability and flexibility with it and we know we've got players that if certain if the likes of Adam Thomas was to get a knock or an injury we've got the likes of Sam Minahan coming back we've got we've got cover on the left right centre half we've got cover down the middle of the pitch and and with the return of Reese as well we've got um, options down the centre of the pitch to play one, two, or or three out and out strikers. So, uh, good options at the moment and um, looking quite strong. Um, we're always on the lookout for improving players, uh, not just for now, um, maybe just as the window shuts, and maybe for next season. So, a lot of work being done, really, just having a the look out there. But I have to say that there's um, we're looking pretty strong on uh, on on the training pitch at the moment. So I'm pleased with that. One
1: player you mentioned there, Scott Duxbury, of course. The news this week was he's put pen to paper on a deal. They'll see him here till the end of next season. Just talk about how important he is for the team.
2: Um, He's just one of those players that I think has been um, fairly consistent from his time coming to Stockport. I think he um, he caught a lot of attention as such a young lad playing the Stockport's first team. Uh, I was surprised to see him being made available. um, And, you know, to get a player of his age and experience at Northwich uh, for a free was just incredible. Um, he ended up being the Everstick North left back of the year. Uh, now, I, I had no qualms in bringing him back here, given his age and what he'd done and already in his career, then it was a no-brainer for me to bring him back here and to, to try and work with him to become the out-and-out left back at this club. And Scott's got, still got bits and pieces to learn, and, and, and he knows that. But as soon as we put on the Monday morning sessions, he was so keen to come in, and he travels a long way to, to, for these sessions. He's an avid coach, so he understands he's, you know, how to how the game works, and he's, um, he's starting to improve tactically. And um, I just think in recent weeks he's got stronger and stronger, and I think that's down to two things really. Uh, one that he's brought so much into the full time training, and and secondly he's got a lot more confidence in what he's doing, especially as a wing back. And now um, I'm really pleased with what the progress he's made, um, and and for me it really shows that the players who are what I would refer to as potential full-timers have have maintained a good strength and consistency whereas we've got a couple of our part-time players who are starting to fade a little bit and they need now really to step up their game if we're going to achieve anything in the uh, next two months.
1: So looking at the Slopport County squad we said we touched on it the two players you mentioned Reece Turner and in particular Sam Minahan you, you mentioned both looking strong in training I bet they can't wait to get back certainly Sam after so long I bet he can't wait to get back onto the pitch.
2: Yeah, both Reese and Sam are so keen, and they've been a bundle of energy on the training pitch recently. And um, uh, Sam, in particular, looks very, very strong. You know, he looks like a player who's, who's he has been out injured, but he's not been wasting his time. and looks strong, he looks powerful, it looks like he's put a couple of inches up across his shoulder, which makes him more dynamic. He looks quicker, uh, very similar to when Scott Duxby was out with his um, his skull injury. Um, he's, he's going to come back a, a very good athlete. Uh, it's all just about confidence building now in terms of his kicking, his tackling, and his match practice. And um, but yeah, he's going to be. It's going to feel like a new sign. I know it's a cliche, but uh, to have a player with his potential to give us uh, that that athleticism and that dynamism down the right. Um, It'd be great. Um, obviously, Reese then gives us that option of a, a different type of striker or a second striker, slightly something different to Jason uh, to keep uh, defenders on the toes. So, uh, two two really good additions to the squad uh, coming to this. What's going to be a huge month. So, but we have to be careful with both of them. You know, they've got a history now of the last three or four months of lots of injuries, and we have to make sure is that we we manage them correctly. It's difficult because of the amount of. Reserve games or, or practice matches that we can put in, you know, it's going to be difficult to put any of them in with so many league matches. Uh, but what we have to do is just manage their minutes correctly in terms of their return to to com- to the competitive edge of football. Uh, we did that well with Reese in terms of twenty minutes, thirty minutes, forty minutes a start for 45, 60 minutes, and we started to reap the benefits of that with the you know the two starts that led to two goals and um, but unfortunately he got a knock back again with a, uh, when he rolled his ankle. at Southport, so we've just got to be careful and manage them back because it's not about what they do in the next one, two or three games it's about what they can bring to the team as they move into the end of March over the Easter period and into the running
1: Does it give the lads a bit of a buzz in training when I can understand it being frustrating on the, on the players part when games are called off and you get yourself up for a game and then it's called off but the fact that they're playing against someone like Sam who's just coming back and it's a bit of a, a different face even though they know him quite well obviously it's it's. it's different face on the training ground. It gives them a little bit more buzz on the on the training pitch and keep that momentum up.
2: Yeah, I think so. You're, you're probably right. There's a number of things that probably happened this week that have been that have been good. Um, I think um, players coming back and, and, and when you've been out, you're, you're so full of enthusiasm and endeavour and it kind of puts a spark amongst them and the players. Um, you know, I think players take for granted sometimes that they're fit and healthy and they get a little bit like, oh, this is hard work. And then you see somebody who's been out desperate and hungry to play football again like a young kid it does create an energy I think also I think it's known as the whole fun effect there uh, just training at different facilities uh, going indoors and playing five sides and um getting the lads out for a Nandos all these things help just you know that you know the, the, the pressure of games eases away and just the, the the enjoyment of playing football and and being fit and and, and getting out together and sort of just playing football together and getting to know each other as lads again. I think it's been a good week in that regard. And hopefully it'll, it'll. The lads have been under a lot of pressure the last couple of weeks and the intensity's, is, you know, going to take us tall, especially as we go into the next two months. And I think it's been a, a bit of an offload week with loads of, um, you know, different things to lift the mood of all of everybody. And um, it'd be nice to come at the end of this week now, having everybody fully fit and, just the only person with a problem is me picking the the, the sixteen and um, you know going into the next game. But um, like I said, everything's fairly healthy at the moment, and I'm I'm pleased with that.
1: Just one final thing then on preparations and things. Have you had a good chance to look at Brackley? Obviously, we saw them recently, and we know them anyway. But do you think their obviously their training schedule has been hampered as well, and their matches all have been postponed? But have you had a good chance to, to kind of go over what threat they possess?
2: Yeah, I, I think um, we we knew they'd play that. If you want to call it a 2 with the, the two central strikers and Armerson floating behind, and the rest would hold their shape. And I think perhaps at their place they might be a little bit more adventurous in terms of wide areas. Uh, they have been in two occasions at um, their place. They've used they've taken one of the defenders out and played a, a fourth attacker, um, which should be low. But we'll know that from the team sheet. So we've got flexibility within our own group. Um, I think the secret of Brackley's success is they've invested in. Some good experienced players that are, you know, the the big hitters at this level because they've they've got Solihull Moors promoted and or a non Eaton. So the 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 cream of the, the the type of players that are available in the National North and a National Prem from that area, um, and they just they're very consistent in what they do, which becomes predictable but also uh, very effective for them. Uh, the home record is really good. I thought we give a great account of ourselves for about sixty minutes down at their place this year. Um, a bit of fatigue set in and then obviously the injury to Matty Wolverton and we sort of um weren't weren't strong enough to get a result out of that game. But I was really pleased with the way we went about the game. Um and this time last year, uh, when we went down in the league, we we really knew what we were up against and did a really good job. So uh Brackley will feel the job's half done. Um by getting a you know, a replay to their place and uh, you know, giving a home record and and a fully fit team, they'd be thinking that they're in a strong position. But uh, I, I think we're also in a position that we're well organised, well drilled and we've got uh, the potential to put out not just our best 11 but our best 16. So um am looking forward to the game because I think it's a, it's a game that uh, we should have no fears. Um, I think at home we've got a draw despite playing poorly and I think if we can get a few players to click and a little bit of a break gives some energy uh, and a bit more confidence then uh, I think it'll be game on come Tuesday.
1: Well, Jim, usually that's where we'd sign off uh, this Thursday night chapel. But of course, this week, uh, some sad news came out. I don't think any of us saw coming a former teammate here at Stockport County, of course. It was Kieran Durkin passing away. And, and he was a colleague that obviously you played well, played with in that, in that great team we were speaking about a little bit earlier on. The news was quite a shock.
2: Yeah, I think anybody of that age to pass away. I kind of missed the, the fact that in the summer, we didn't get that opportunity to get everybody back together. Uh, To celebrate the you know commemorations of that night six ninety seventeen because Kieran was a great lad with great personality he was a character on and off the pitch and uh, I'm sure it's a a very sad time for him you know not just his family and friends but anybody that knew him in football so it's a sad passing and uh, it does put a damper on this week and um, to lose any of our family as such um, is always a bad day but somebody who's done so much for the club and synonymous with the success and to to be so young it's uh, a tragedy, really.
1: Jim, thanks very much. Welcome,
0: Chris. Thursday night, very cold Thursday night. You've Freezing. just come yeah. back from seeing the gaffer and you've had your fill of coffee. But first of all, just touch on the, the sad news about uh, Kieran Durkin. And you had some special memories of him.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it was just a massive shock when, when people saw the news. You know, it's uh, <coughs> it's one of those where say one of those like it happens every week it's it's a situation where Kieran played a very significant part in this in a he played a very significant part in a very significant part of this club's history you know any Stockport county fan over the age of probably 15 16 years old will know all about the ins and outs of of that team you know of that promotion winning team and the stories that came with it, the songs that still live on this day about playing in Chesterfield and, and you know, and, and I was I I was a fan in those days as 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 many as many other people listening now will be. Um, and I was just saying to you off off air then, uh, when I was a kid my my dad used to work at the club. He still does still does work at the club. Um and because we used to go in with him, still buying tickets <laughs> Um, But because we used to go in with him, we used to always go in a little bit early. Uh, Me and my brother, my my grandpa, my dad's dad. And we used to always sit in a little bit early and it was quite stereotypical. He'd have a Werther's Original bag every time with him. And Kieran always used to come and grab one of the sweets off us and we used to say that was his energy sweets. And he he always left me and my brother, uh, you know, talking and then being able to go back in school. And One of the players came and talked to us and all that. Um, And you look at that team now, every single player... In, in that team, should never need to buy a pint in Stockport. Do you know no, it's, it's, it's it's one of those and Jim kind of touched on it in his interview then that um, if if Kieran had had the chance to maybe see see what people you know how people still speak of him you, you know it's it's just a it's just another something that Jim was kind of touching on in his interview and afterwards that people see him and Flinnie more often around so it's maybe. The nostalgia isn't always there, which I disagree with. If I'm honest, I mm. think people still tie Jim Gannon and Mike Flint to those days, probably even more than they do to a lot of the management successes. But Kieran and every other player in you know in that team is etched in Stockport folklore, you know. And regardless of whatever happens in the future, um, be it they play against us or manage against us or whatever, they they're part of a very special club, uh, and everyone. We'll be saddened and a little bit shocked. Even though we, if we're being honest, we haven't heard of Kit from gear in a long time. Couldn't tell you where he was. Couldn't tell you a lot about him since then. And I couldn't tell you a lot about some of the other players either. But he was part of that group and that team that brought so many of us to the club and kept so many of us at the club. So it is, it is a very very uh, sad piece, you know, sad story to come through. And just hope that his family and friends are coping okay with it.
0: Yeah, that, that that's the key thing, and you know, it's not those memories. You know, it's not too much a cliche or too over the top to say the best thing is you'll keep them in your heart for you know and remember and remember those times, remember him on the pitch and remember him off the pitch. The the things that
1: you remember as a football fan of any club, I um, you, you remember the extreme highs and the extreme lows. That's what that's what you remember the the great feelings of winning this cup or winning that promotion or whatever. And you remember how bad it felt when you got relegated or you got beat in a final or whatever. Um, that team is is possibly the finest team Stockport County have ever fielded. And he was he was a staple in it. So, yeah, it's, uh, at Stockport County over the years we've had more downs than highs. So it makes the highs all those more appreciable, if that's even a word, appreciative of those moments. Um and he won he, he will never be forgotten that team will never be forgotten
0: and that's the key thing so matters on the pitch well there's not much of matters snow. on the pitch snow <laughs> is the only thing yeah, on the pitch we've at had the moment. A, tuesday was called off saturday's uh, been called off and even next tuesday is looking looking a bit bit dodgy but we'll you know obviously the club will put the, the news out about in a timely fashion see if tuesday, next tuesday is still on but um, we do have uh, last saturday to look look back on another cup draw Another one, which means especially with Chorley
1: being called off, which we know now uh, on Saturday, is the, the fixture backlog is just insane. You know, Stopford County fans are not going to be without their fill for a long time. Now, which also means the the, the the season will take another twist. It'll take several twists, both in the in the trophy and in um, in the league. In that, when it's coming so fast paced. we're not going to have time to pick over. When we have these chaps on a Thursday evening or a Wednesday afternoon or whenever it happens to be, we're not just going to have one game to pick over. We're going to have two or three things to pick over. We're going to have injuries thick and fast. We're going to have uh, goals thick and fast to pick over. Players, whatever. Um, And it's just, it it is bordering a little bit on the absurd, but it's what everyone has to to deal with. Uh, It's going to make things very, very interesting, certainly for the month of March.
0: And Caltier actually... You know, as well equipped as anybody in terms of players who've come back in the last few weeks. Yeah. So the squad's actually, you know, you look at the depth of that squad. And as you say, there will be injuries with that amount of games, and there will be tired players, and there'll have to be some some mixing and matching. But County in a in a pretty good state to to face that backlog.
1: Well, I was speaking with Jim off air um, just earlier on when when I spoke to him for the, for the interview, and uh, he was talking about training methods and having. 11 v 11 and you know we were looking at the two sets of players and it's it's bordering on two first team. you could put a lot of those players straight into the first team and it would be fine so county especially with as the gaffer spoke about reese Turner and Sam Minahan coming back and looking strong uh we are in a very good place we are in a better place than I would imagine a lot of our rivals would be going into the into the the backlog um it's it's going to be interesting to see how the gaffer handles them all and how how those players are kept happy because that's another thing you've got to think if you're a player you want to be kept happy you're going to be want to playing in games. What games do you want to play in really? If County get through the Brackley test, which we'll speak about in a moment, we're going to be sick of speaking right. about Brackley in a couple of weeks. But um, if they get through this test, then all of a sudden, where do their priorities lie? Do they want to play in the league and get you know be the players that help propel up? A- playoff push or do you want to lift a trophy or do you, do, do you want to do but I don't know it's going to be um, it's going to be maniac you know all the things to pick over
0: and so that so Saturday's game against Brackley then another another tough game against them and uh, came came through the test but just just couldn't find the winner what kind of what kind of game was it <sighs>
1: the first half was so forgettable I had to physically remind myself of what happened uh, before speaking to Jim tonight, which never happens, which never usually happens. Usually, I don't take any notes or anything like that because I'm at the games. Uh, it's all I think about. I'm not I'm not really bothered in uh, many other realms of football. Um, but it was so forgettable. I had to kind of look over it, and I had to kind of pick about what first. How did the first half come together to build what happened in the second half? And the second half, I think, sprung into life so much to the point. It was probably both managers saying you've got to make something happen here because they are for the taking. Uh, I did get a couple of people on Twitter saying, "Mate, we must have been watching different games," and I think I think we must have been watching different games. People didn't didn't think um, that second half was a really interesting game of football, but the first half, the pitch definitely played a part in bogging the game down. I don't think either set of player was prepared to play on something where the ball was sticking; it was not bouncing straight and true. Because there was, players can have any player can have an off game, but when both sets of players are making the same mistakes, passing is going awry, it's. It tells it's, you something. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be a factor. So you would look at pitch, you would look at weather, you would look at mentality. Is it trophy mentality? Both teams really, actually, is that a true reflection that they're looking at the league more than the trophy? But it ultimately now means we've got to go and do another game. Well, just to stay on on topic, there the second half. Broke into life magnificently, and I thought both teams could have taken it. Both teams produced saves out of their opposition goalkeeper that both goalkeepers will be proud of. Uh, and it's left both managers thinking, How do I go about this second game now? Because I'm going to want to change things up in some areas, but I'm going to want to keep consistency in others.
0: Indeed, and we were talking before the game about what he was going to do with the forward line. So, was it kind of when you came to it, what was it what you expected? What, yeah you know and did that second half was it substitutions that made the difference i mean if if we look at jason
1: for you know he was obviously the talking point going into the game uh you see if he has that header that goes in that jimmy balls put away the rebound if that header goes in we're talking about how jason's back um the fact that he's got an assist is still great yeah um but I think he really would have wanted that to go in. But the fact that Jimmy Ball was the one who put it in when he was playing number nine, it just shows that the county have got goals over the park. You know, uh, We know Jason can score, even if he's going through a bit of a dry patch now, but Jimmy's also there to, to poke the ball home uh, if needs be. The front line as a whole, my worry is that they'll start getting tired. They're, we know Jim's preferred attack line is that 3-1 up front of... Of Matty in the number ten, Adam and Darren either side of him, and Jason up front. There's only so many games those guys will be able to do, especially on pitches where they bog you down and big, strong defenses run you ragged. There's no way that they, those four will be able to play every minute of every game, especially with this backlog coming up. I expect it to change. I do expect it to change big time.
0: But yeah, but you, you know, you, there's Reese Turner. And, yeah. you know, Jimmy's had, you know, it's not always worked in in every situation with, with putting Jimmy at nine. Um, but he's starting to get minutes under his belt now. So that does give you other options. Yeah. You know, Reese can come in and, and with Jimmy doing that, you know, you can mix up that other, you know, and Bohan, you know, is, you know, Bo, Bohan has had an up and down season, but he does score goals, yeah. you know, from the bench as well. So, so you know, you do, there are options there.
1: My, my concern is not the, ta- the attack line, my concern is the middle of the park. That's where we've lost battles recently. We've not always lost games, um, uh, FC United would be a good example. I thought we lost the battle in the middle of the park but won the game overall. Um, now, the personnel are there, I think, in Harry, Gary and Jimmy, we've got very, very um, uh, capable uh, midfielders. But if Jimmy goes up front and that's only two people to play in that, that midfield zone where he plays two people. So if an injury comes or a fatigue comes or suspensions or whatever, then we are a little bit light on the ground. So I want to start seeing now some flexibility. We've got a lot of defenders. You, you look at we've got Michael Clark, Chris Morley, James Stott, Stephen O'Halloran, Dan Cowan can all play centre half. Can any of them be moved into central midfield? Wouldn't surprise me if we see that over coming weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so and who would you, you know, if it was you, who would you who's well, the mo- who is the most flexible of those players? Who could you
1: Well we have seen Michael play Clark with? play there in the past and he's not getting in at centre half at the moment. Yeah.
0: So kind of Eric Dyer kind of role. Yeah, yeah. He,
1: he could be he could be your man. Um or I could be completely wrong. But when he played there, someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was them last season and he that was a game we were expected to win, and we made tough work of it. But when he came in, he shored a lot of things up because he's a ball player who's used to playing further up the park. When he was, when he was in his earlier days before Jim Gannon came along, he was he was actually a striker. So he's got the the feet of it, you know he's able to bring the ball down and make a pass, but he's also now very defensively minded. So a defensive role in in midfield wouldn't be too foreign to him. It wouldn't be too out of the equation. So it could be it could be Michael Clark we see going in there, especially if Jimmy does move up top if they become too many too many games for Jason or it's just not working out. Um because Reese Turner is another option at number nine, but again he's another option at seven, ten, and eleven as well. So it's this rotation and it's how it's it's I think it's it's fascinating to see how a player playing at left back can affect who plays up front, but it's this it's this fluidity that we've spoken about under gym teams for for months now, for, since he came into the squad. Fluidity is Jim Gannon football. That's what it is. Um, with with 22 very able players, we, we we are definitely going to see players playing in positions we don't always see them playing. In.
0: Yeah, that's. I think that's that's definitely uh, going to be the case. So we normally have player of the week because you know we normally have more than one game to pick over and from now on we're going to have a, yeah. a big choice of player of the week because we're going to have a lot of games to talk about but so, but it was just one game so who who was your man of the match for from the Brackley game
1: well the man of the match I thought could have gone to a couple of people the player of the week I'm going to give to Scott Duxbury because he's just signed a new deal uh, and he's a player who I've said this on air a few times he is the he if you had to pick a Jim Gannon player out of all the players we've ever seen play under Jim Gannon, probably at any club, not even just at Stockport, but it would be Scott, because he's he's brought Scott up from a youngster, taken him from Stockport County to Northwich and back to Stockport, uh, and he's made him this player who, at first you wonder, is he going to stick with him? Is he, he's he a defender? He looks a bit weak, he looks a bit... But he's developed his game so much in that now you think he could be a left winger, he sets up goals, he's even... Popped up from time to time and got Scott. He's also very, very strong now. He's he's a real tough kid. He he might look a little bit slight, but Jim's also mentioned that he's he's into his coaching, so he's becoming more footballly aware. Footballly, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good word. It? Let's use it. Footballly aware. So f- the man of the week for me is is Scott, and he would be a contender for man of the match as well because he he played a fantastic game and keeping a, a good Brackley team at uh, bay.
0: And um, yeah, yeah, it, it's like. Um... Championship manager, isn't it? No yeah. matter what a team you, you manage, there's all a couple, always a yeah. couple of players that you always took <laughs> with you that yeah. you would go and find straight away in the transfer. Cherno Samba. <laughs> he was back in the day. Did he, did he sign for Liverpool? He was at Millwall, he? was at Millwall. Was it, at now, Millwall. At I don't know
1: where right? he went.
0: Um, but finally then, um, I think that's... The other thing about Scott signing is that in the last few weeks there have been a lot of big names re-signing. It's been a lot of really good news. And even though it's been a frustrating season and the playoffs, you know, a kind of in reach but still just you know light at the end of the tunnel, it, the feeling around the club and the, within the squad is, is obviously a good one because those big players, those big names that we need to sign, are still doing that. So they believe yeah. in what in this project.
1: The big one, I mean, not taking anything away from Scott, but the big one is Ben Hinchliffe, because everybody says it. It's not just us that say it because we have to say it. Everybody. He's kind of accepted that he's the best keeper in the division. He could walk into any club in the division. Probably could do in the level above as well. Um, he's got a, he's got a, a job outside of football, which means he's he's not. Uh, and the fact that he speaks so highly of the club of the manager that speaks volumes, I think, as to where we are now. I know the manager is. It wouldn't surprise me to see more players sign up in the near future. Uh, he, there are still players he wants to speak to where, You know, I don't know how far along they are so I'm not going to say any names but there are players um, that he wants to speak to and he wants to strengthen even further for next season he sees uh, these are as important as Alan Lord once said it's about signing players for this level and for the one above um, and Ben and Scott a testimony to that, that they are good enough and like you say they want to stay at the club now because they see where it's going Ben, Scott, uh, Adam Matthew Warburton Sam and Dan Cowan they could all go to other clubs at this level or the one above if they saw the opportunity to but the fact that they want to stay here is more than just oh it's a contract getting it signed
0: Absolutely so God knows when uh, next time we speak we'll have football to talk about but we'll, <laughs> but we'll find something but this is uh, County Life of Imagine FM 104.9 uh, and don't forget you can find us on Twitter so get on Twitter and talk about anything that we've talked about it's Live SCFC on Twitter. Chris, thanks. Thanks.